You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, hey there. Welcome to episode 265 of the Soulforge podcast. Welcome to the Soulforge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Krusty the Clown, because that's what you just <laughs> Is that what I just sounded like? When you were like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I, Yeah, I don't know what that was. That, that's okay, though. I'm Sean, the host of the Soul Forge podcast, and with me this week is our special returning guest, Amanda. I'm very special. How the hell are you? I'm great. How are you feeling after your knee surgery? Still, uh, pre- I was doing very well. Had a little accident on Thanksgiving. Wasn't really my fault. My 20-year-old niece kind of blanked out the fact that I had knee surgery and um, jumped on top of me. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so back to the hospital and um, now I'm on a little bit of drugs. Yep. Yeah, you just took some morphine? Yep, I absolutely did. Oh yeah, lots of things happened. Last time I was on it, oh my god. I literally thought aliens. This is when I was on the drip at the hospital. I texted my husband over a hundred times with all the kids' birth dates, our anniversary, like special important dates, like so that he wouldn't think I was crazy because okay. I remembered all that stuff. Yeah. But I could not push my morphine button because the whole planet would die because those aliens needed that morphine to save the planet. Those are some good drugs. Uh, no, that was the thing, though. I couldn't push the button anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's great. But basically, your recovery is going well. Yes, Good. very. Good. I'm ahead of the game. I, I'm doing quite well with all of that. But that's because I'm putting in the work. I'm telling you, people, if you get a knee replacement, the physio, it's key you got to do it. you got to do the work. Oh, God, yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about this week, is it? No, it is not. We're, are we sad? We, well, yes. Well, yeah. Or are we happy? No, uh, uh, well... No, we're going to talk about seasonal affective disorder? Seasonal sad. depression. Seasonal depression. That's what you wanted to talk about, because that's an exciting topic. It for, is. And everybody wants to be depressed, right? Oh, yeah. So that's why we're talking about it? For sure. Or are we talking about it because we're going into the darker months now that winter is here? Winter is coming. Yes. And so we should bring some awareness to the subject. That's exactly why I wanted to talk about it. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's been said that uh, about 
five to nine percent of the population uh, does suffer from seasonal affective disorder. Oh my God, it's got to be higher than that. Well, I just was listening to a podcast last week, and that's what they had said. Really? Yeah. Was that in 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 Canada? Uh, well, the podcast that I was listening to is i believe no stupid questions and uh, i think it was five to nine percent and they're american based but it's basically it depends on your latitude and and where you are in the world and right and circumstances and all that stuff but uh i think they said five to nine percent if i remember correctly i'm pretty sure when i was reading my research it was a lot higher in canada it could be but we then are, we, we are, always have the four seasons here, right? And we're further north. Yes. And it is colder and darker longer. Oh, yeah. About 2 to 3% of Canadians will experience sad in their lifetime. Another 15% will experience a milder form of sad that leaves them only slightly depressed, but still able to live their life without major disruptions. People with seasonal affective disorder make up about 10% of all depression cases. I, I, can you imagine how they feel in Alaska? No, I can't. I've never been there. Oh, my God. Like, when they go into the, what is it, six months of darkness? No, it's more like two or three. Where oh, it's, my where God. Where it's pure darkness in wow. some spots. Yeah. Or But they also have the opposite spectrum where it's pure pure brightness for the same amount of time. That would not be fun after a bit either. I wouldn't imagine. Trying to sleep in that? Ugh. That'll mess up your circadian rhythms. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're not wrong. But uh, yeah, and I thought it was a, a good idea to talk about that because basically seasonal depression is what kind of allowed me to end up moving back here to Sault Ste. Marie. Really? Well, yeah, because uh, the depressions, uh, actually my son's mother, mm -hmm. Trish, always mentions that, uh, yeah, wintertime you start to get depressed and then in the spring you make a huge decision. I'm like, is that right? She's like, yeah, I've known you for almost 20 years. That's what you do. I'm like, ah, okay. So last, uh, what was it, uh, October, mm -hmm. uh, I started uh, getting obsessed with uh, prepping for the end of the world. And I asked my buddy about guns because he knows about guns. Right. And he asked me, are you depressed? I'm like, no, oh. I, don't, I don't think so. But then a few months later, I realized exactly how depressed I was. Mm. Uh, talked to my doctor and uh, finally got on some pills. But by that point, I had put in my transfer request to move to the Sioux back here because I feel like I needed to make a change and I'd wanted to since I moved up to Timmins. Right. And you know what? Maybe if I hadn't taken, if I had taken the pills earlier and uh, got the help I needed, I'd still be in Timmins. But I think Timmins was a big part of the depression too. Yes. Lo location, uh, circumstances, and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But uh, I've been on those pills since I think February. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Yeah, I had to go through a bunch of different antidepressants before I found one that worked. Yeah. And they still don't work completely for me, but that also has a lot to do with my, like, mental health diagnoses. Other circumstances. Yes, there's a lot of them, right? You know, like, just the seasonal stuff. No, I have a lot more than that going on, so... Right. But yes, I find, um, because I am not, um, well, because of my knees, Yeah. obviously I can't do a lot of winter type sports. True. I can't. So you can't get the sun outside. No. And I can't even walk half the time in the snow. Right. Like with my leg the way that it is. True. So it makes it very difficult and I get really depressed because I get stuck pretty much at home for... Most of the... Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the, the funny thing is, I'm a mailman, and I work outside. Mm-hmm. And even with all the sun I get during the winter, I was still friggin' depressed. And this this last year was the worst depression I'd ever had. And then, and they say that uh, if you walk 10,000 steps a day, that's op- optimal for your mental health. But I walk closer to 25,000. So mm-hmm. that's, that's double the recommended dose. So the sun helped, but maybe the walking too much took away from it. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know these things, but... Well, yeah, and plus, like, you have to walk in blizzards and all like, the crappy freezing weather. and, like, ugh. Sun, snow, hail, rain, yeah. you, you, you name it. It's yeah, there. and and people don't really appreciate that. No. You know, in my personal experience, you know, like, no, people they, don't appreciate their mailman. They don't, and, they, and they, uh, they put rakes or hoses or shovels against the mailbox <laughs> don't uh, allow you to get there. And they have their mailboxes at the top of the steps. And if there's one thing mailman hate, stairs. It, it's stairs. Mm-hmm. So listeners out there, if your mailbox is high up, bring it down for the mailman. They'll appreciate it. And you know what else? Like, get them a gift card and put it in the mailbox. Or wrap a little gift and Oh, at Christmas time? Give it to that, the, yes. That is fantastic. Like, uh coffee shop gift cards yeah I've, like I've got, even if it's five bucks or we don't, whatever we, we like. don't care it's just a bit of appreciation mm-hmm. like i've gotten chocolates i've gotten booze i've gotten uh, tim horton's gift cards um I've, I've gotten money i've gotten tickets to events like oh that's fantastic good mm-hmm. that's great but it's it's rare it, it, it might be i always leave it might be five or six houses of, of the six or seven or eight hundred that you deliver to wow yeah i always leave a gift for um, my oh, mailman Lottery always. tickets are another big one. Yep, that's true. Scratch tickets, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get lots of those. Well, not lots. But. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. But yeah. Just generic whatever, right? Yeah, it's, it's just nice to be thought of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Chocolates, I've gotten chocolates before. And again, that kind of stuff helps with seasonal depression as well. Not just Christmas. I'm talking about feeling appreciated. Yes, definitely. It's a big thing. You know, and uh, people... A lot of people in my experience, because I, I always like to talk from my point of view. Because yeah. like you said earlier, you're, you're not a doctor. Well, I'm not a spokesperson for any of this stuff. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just speaking from my own experience and hoping that other people can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the <laughs> with the seasonal depression, you know, and you've locked yourself in your house pretty much yeah and you're not talking to anyone and you're not doing anything and you know when i've had friends come over and literally drag my butt out of bed and help me get your pick out an outfit mm-hmm. to go out brush my hair you know like that kind of stuff come on right? those are we're going on an adventure exactly exactly because that's important with it's funny because you and I are the complete opposites in the wintertime. You have to go out because of your job. Yes. I have a permanent disability where I don't work. So, you know, in the wintertime, I really can't get out. True. Because like, like, I can barely move. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know. And you don't want to slip and fall and hurt your knee even worse. No, God, no. And, like, people are like, well, go walk around the mall. Oh, my God. Go walk around the S at the SR Center. Mm, okay, like again, I still have to get there. True. And that's wiping off the eight feet of snow that I have on the car. Cause where I live, at the end of this street, like I have literally got nine foot 
snowdrifts at the end of my driveway. Because you're at the end of the road. Yes. And that's where the plows put it. And the field as yeah, well. That's right. The, the drifts are brutal. I bet they are. So, you know, yeah, sometimes I get excited and I'm all ready and I want to go out. And then I open the door and then I close it again. I can't blame you for that. So the depression is real. Yes, very. And, and the last time I talked to my doctor, he's like, well, let's talk about taking you off these pills. Oh. And I'm like, um, how about we talk about that next spring once we get through the winter season? Yes. And he's like, that's a good idea. Yeah. So we have a plan and he was happy about that. Well, that's good. So next spring we'll talk about weaning me off or lowering the dose or taking me off or seeing what happens. Good for you. Because I'd never been on pills before. I thought I should have been on them for years, but I was afraid to ask for help because I didn't want to seem weak or um, I, I don't even know what it was. It, it is because of the stigma that comes with There is a lot of health. that. Yeah. Right. And now our society is starting to accept it a lot more because there's a lot more of it portrayed in the media. Yes. Um, there's a lot more of it. Portrayed. Everybody's talking about it on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, on, on YouTube, on, on all the things. That yeah. It's, it's everywhere. They have a mental health like day where you call into Bell and, yeah. you know, it, like the crisis lines and stuff like that are, are now very pronounced. and It's getting better. Yes. So... I think when it wasn't like that, it was very hard for people to ask for help. Definitely. Like, I would say just one generation back oh, from sure. us. Yeah. You know, like our parents. Mm-hmm. I can't see... Well, even us as teenagers. Oh, God, yeah. No, you don't... That's no... No, no. You have to portray your perfection all the time. Yes. And now everybody's vulnerable and it's a lot better. Yep. Because we're all real. Yep. Yeah. So, basically, the moral of the story is, if you need help... If you think you need help, ask for help. Yes. Go get help. And you know what? They'll tell you what you need or what you don't need. Yeah. It's, it's you know? body chemistry. It's, it's not your fault. No. So and it's just the you way you're built. you might just need to talk to someone. Like I was just watching a YouTube video earlier, and this is not about mental health, but it's about uh, obesity and stuff. A lot of that is the gut bacteria inside of you. Mm -hmm. You have no control over that. Uh, there, was, there was a skinny lady who had a, a fecal transplant from an obese person. And she became obese. So it's not something that you can control. Right. It's it's the gut health. It it, yep. it affects everything. Oh, God, I know. So <laughs> the biome or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that affects your mental health, your metabolism, uh, probably even your likes and dislikes. The the the, uh, the bacteria inside you, the 39 trillion or whatever they said. It wow. affects a lot of things. Wow. Yeah. That's like the triples. That's right. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're just breathing inside of you all the time. That's right. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what we should do now? We should play a promo for another podcast. Oh my God. Right here on... Re the Salt Forge. But, oh, no, wait. That's wrong. Uh, keep nope. going, keep going. I'm blanking, I'm blanking. What is the Salt Forge on? What, what I'm network? blanking the what? pod, the, the bean. The, the, no, 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 no. Keep oh. going. E, this e, is so e, hard. Yeah, e, e. The ESO. The ESO network. See, I got it. Only oh. took me like 18 tries, but there I am. Go for the promo on the ESO network. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. <laughs> well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink. With a drink. On but first, let's talk nerdy. Clink. Clink. 
on the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. Wasn't that a fantastic promo? I, I'm still in complete shock and awe. Shock and awe. And awe. That is amazing. Like it was, ju- it, and that's what it was. Was amazing. Like oh my god, go listen to that right after you're yeah. finished listening to us. Yeah. Okay. Should we uh, read the email that we got about our last episode together? Um. Sure. Absolutely. That would be great. Oh. I love uh, you know interacting with our listeners. Yeah, listeners. I was gonna say fans. Why was I gonna? They're say also fans. fans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is about episode 262, and it's from Bill, and it says, Hi, Sean and Amanda. It's really great hearing the two of you together. Amanda, I'm glad your surgery results have been good so far. According to the book Freakonomics, uh, arthroscopic knee surgery, the kind you avoided, I hope, has only a placebo effect, but knee replacement actually works and helps. Yes, I've had both. Um, I've had five surgeries, major surgeries now on this knee. Um, and like Bill was saying, yeah, none of the other ones have, uh, helped. I've had the orthoscopic ones done. I've had plates, screws, everything put in, taken out. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that this one is successful. Okay. He goes on to say, Amanda, I'm really glad you've been able to maintain your sobriety. That's really impressive. You mentioned the five hours surgery prep. I know you've been preparing for years. You've been dealing with daily knee trouble, then wisely avoiding winter surgery, and you've held up under it. Yes. <laughs> so that's good. No more drinking still. Nope. That's still sober. That's awesome. Uh, he says, I'd much rather hear about you and your knee than about Queen Elizabeth's funeral. British humorist songwriter Mitch Ben has some very well-considered things about, for instance, how the Daily Mail has been bullying businesses into big shows for Morning of the Queen. Wow. I did not know this. Neither did I. Amanda, I, I really couldn't tell that you were feeling stoned on pain meds. My dad had a drinking problem that developed so gradually and was never Hollywood, falling down obvious, that to this day I'm always the last to figure out that someone is drunk or high. It doesn't help that I'm mildly autistic too. I wish I could think of questions for you, Amanda. I still wonder what to do about talking to women, and I don't want to put you in the place of being expected to represent all women and know all about what they all want. Well, that is very fair, but I can offer you some advice on some of those things from my perspective, and I do know that there is other women who feel the same way. You know, like, just if you want to give a woman a compliment, give her a compliment. If she doesn't like it, She's going to just, like, say thank you and quickly walk away, for the most part. Like, so don't hold back on things like that, because sometimes you can make a person's whole day just by saying, hey, I really like your shoes, or that shade of lipstick looks really nice on your face, or, you know, and and not everybody is going to think it's creepy or inappropriate or anything like that. So, you know what? Don't be afraid to say little things like that because I can guarantee you 99% of the time uh, you're not going to get somebody who's rude back to you for something like that. That's good to know. So he goes on to say, Back in my teens in the 70s, I made up my mind to respect women. 
Being autistic and picked on a lot, I didn't have friends I could ask and always had the feeling that my three younger siblings had replaced me at home, so there was no point in asking my parents. Oh, God. So I turned to TV and other media for answers, and all I saw and heard was women complaining about guys, especially about being hit on. Okay, I thought, I'll never do that, and for decades I avoided saying anything to women unless it was strictly about business. About 20 years ago, across my street at a neighbor's party, I didn't say anything to anyone until it started to rain and we had to work together to move everything indoors. I guess I do have a lot of questions, but don't feel obligated to come up with answers. And here we go. What about compliments? I've heard it's generally bad to compliment a woman on her appearance unless one knows her very well. It puts a woman on the spot and she may even fear for her safety. Um, I disagree. It depends on where it is. If you're in the middle of a back alley and you say something like that, sure. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if you're at a club or you're out at an event, and obviously, um, me personally, I dress up for those kind of things. Um, I dress up mostly because I want to feel good about myself. Yeah. But it's also because I want to look good to other people of course so getting a compliment like that is fantastic like i i can't see any woman and a, th a lot of women are much more outspoken than they used to be that's true so if they don't like something that you're saying they'll say you know please don't you know mm -hmm. do that kind of but most women will say thank you they might even carry on a conversation after that some of them will say thank you and then turn back to eating or having a drink or whatever. That's your cue that they're done talking to you. If they don't pursue the conversation further, then just... Move on? Yeah, move on. Yeah. Okay. He goes on to say, uh, But all this not talking to women has gotten me ignored. I had to wait almost 50 years finally to hear from one single female friend that I'm the only single guy at the local workshop club makerspace who has never made her feel uncomfortable sadly she's only about half my age and i want to find someone closer to me i've wanted to be married with children at least since age four almost 60 years now uh, i'm i'm so old now that there's a higher risk that any children i bring into the world would be seriously disabled thanks to my disabilities it took me 40 years finally to rise to lower middle class so i can't afford to take care of even one disabled child i'm basically screwed and wish i could write off the idea of god uh, unfortunately, I've heard only one message in over 55 years from a Christian speaker providing scientific, uh, that is, disprovable evidence that the Bible is more than just a human document for social control. I was greatly disappointed in God. Then a female pastor friend advised me to meditate on Jesus' story of the widow and the unjust judge. That was okay, but then Jesus ruined it by promising that the Father would provide justice quickly. And no, God's timing doesn't count. No weaseling out of this one. The words were said... Uh, to simple first century fishermen and others who could be expected to think this meant some time in their own lifetimes. I wouldn't be offended by a promise simply of justice. It's the quickly part that makes it the biggest broken promise ever. And I've run on too much. Sorry. Stay safe and take good care of each other. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, uh, Bill, all children are born with some kind of a disability period. I, there's no child uh, that's born that is perfect um, in any way. Um, yes, at your age, uh, the reason that I would suggest that you don't try to have a child is because you, your child will be lacking because there won't be a father figure there. 
for them as they grow because of the age. You won't be able to participate in so many different things and you'll always be called uh, the grandpa from the other kids. So is this your grandpa? Is this your great grandpa? Is, you know, it, and to me, I don't think it's fair to a child. None of us know when we're gonna pass at all. But True. when we are older, I think the responsibility falls on us. You've seen how hyper 10-year-old children are. Yes, of course. Okay, so can you imagine being 70 and having a 10-year-old? Uh, I'm 46 and I can't imagine having a 10-year-old. Exactly. And I feel the exact same way. So to me, it's not fair to the child because personally, I don't think a person at that age can offer as much Attention? Yes, attention and involvement as you could when you were younger. Because you have more energy back then. Exactly. So that's just... But I, I get Bill's yearning. Absolutely. And you know what? There's foster care. There's, you know, like taking in kids who need temporary... And they can be older children and... That's right. You know, or children with disabilities themselves where you can help them on a temporary basis, see what you, you know, think what you like. You could volunteer at an orphanage if uh, they still exist. Um, not really. No, can't, no. You can't do that? Uh, well, I, I don't. Do, do, are there orphanages still? Maybe there, there, in there the United be. States. I don't think there is in Canada. Yeah, I have no idea. I think it's all foster families. What about Big Brother? Can you be a Big Brother still? Is that a thing? Absolutely. That's still, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So all of that still exists. So... You know, you're yearning for wanting to be part of a child's life and having your own child, I completely understand. Maybe that wasn't your path in this life, but that doesn't mean that you still can't have some form of something like that in your life to maybe fill a little bit of that void. That's true. Yeah. But judging from the emails that Bill has sent over the years, he's a very thoughtful, kind man. Oh, and, yes. And definitely def has a lot to offer. That comes through wholeheartedly in the emails. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, like, I hate this term, but I'm going to use it anyways, Bill. You just need to man up a bit when it comes to uh, women. Be a bit more brave, you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Like, just kind of put yourself out there. And, I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. That's true. That That's the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, so what, what do you have to lose? Besides, it might hurt your pride a little bit. But really, if you don't try, you're going to go home and then sit there and wonder and wonder and wonder. So what's worse? Getting your pride hurt a little bit or wondering if where that could have led or That's what true. you could be doing now or, you know? Because mm -hmm. if you don't take the chance, you... Can't know. As Captain Kirk said, risk is our business. <laughs> so you got to risk it to get yes. anywhere in life. So yeah, that's uh, agreed, and that is a very good, a very good saying, and, and a good way to end the podcast. Uh, so Bill, thanks for your emails. Any other listeners that would like to send emails, soulforgepodcast at gmail .com. Amanda, thanks for all your insights. Oh, I love being here. Like I really do. It's always, it's always a pleasure. Yes, Bill, I am stoned again. You probably couldn't tell. Maybe you could. I could tell. Sean certainly can tell. I can tell <laughs> a little bit. 
Yes. <gasps> but anyways, I um, wish everybody out there in podcast land uh, the best. And, you know, um, do an affirmation today. Look yourself in a mirror and uh, say something good about you. Just anything. Write down three things that you're grateful for or that you feel good about yourself. Yeah, maybe. Or just stand in front of a mirror and think say, of... Gosh darn it, I'm good enough, I'm smart, I'm smart enough, enough, and, and people, people like, like me. me. That's right, that's right. <laughs> okay, so until next time, dear listeners, take care of yourselves and each other. Uh, check out soulforgepodcast.com. Tell the sh- all your friends about the show. If you'd like to leave a donation, that's coffee.com slash rusted soul. That's ko-fi.com slash rusted soul. Leave a five-star review in the podcatcher of your choice. And remember... What matters most is how well you walk through the fire. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links. And don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. The Soul Forge Podcast is your best source for living your best life. Think about it. They used to say a man could fly, he'd have wings. But he did fly. He discovered he had to. Do you wish that the first Apollo mission hadn't reached the moon, or that we hadn't gone on to Mars and then to the nearest star? That's like saying you wish that you still operated with scalpels and sewed your patients up with catgut, like your great-great-great-great-grandfather used to. I'm in command. I could order this, but I'm not. Because Dr. McCoy is right in pointing out the enormous danger potential in any contact with life and intelligence as fantastically advanced as this. But I must point out that the possibilities, the potential for knowledge and advancement is equally great. Risk. Risk is our business. That's what the starship is all about. That's why we're aboard her. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.